welcome to the 79th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, Roger, we just listened to AT&T's 2022 Investor Day presentation. I thought we could talk a little bit about that as well as about Verizon, as they also had their Investor Day recently. And I thought maybe we could start with AT&T. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts in terms of what you heard, and then maybe we can just kind of riff off of that and and talk through. Well, I think what I heard was that the strategy is working and we're doubling down on it. Mm -hmm. And here is what's going to change financially when we split off DirecTV. Their strategy is working, right? And so so there was relatively little new things. You know, I thought it was a, a missed opportunity to tell a more exciting, energized story. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, there, was, there was definitely a portion of the presentation with Jennifer Robertson where she did take a little bit of a, a victory lap in terms of some of the 21 results. But to your point, it does seem like, you know, based on the goals that they had set, and, you know, kind of their aspirations when we listened to this last year, they largely accomplished all those goals. I definitely think there could have been a clearer distillation of kind of, you know, we were right and this is why we were right. We still hear a lot of talk about kind of everything coming back to fiber. I think more than any other mobile provider, they are, you know, fiber first in terms of how they think about things. And, they, you know, they early on, John Stanky outlined why they think that's the case in the sense that even with 5G technology being where it is and mid-band being where it is, AT&T very strongly believes that wireless network capacity won't be able to keep up with at least home internet data consumption. Which is what the cable companies have been saying, right? Right. So we have now, you know, both the, the lines have been drawn and we'll see who's right. You know, are mm-hmm. T-Mobile and Verizon right, or are AT&T and the cable companies right? Right, and I think it's telling when you look at what they've set out for 22 in terms of, you know, their their revenue goals. They're saying 6% revenue growth on broadband, right, compared to 3% revenue growth on mobility. So clearly they, they feel like there's a... There's a large opportunity there to really get bullish on on the fiber build out, and, and you know they talked a lot about the extent to which when people come on fiber, how much happier they are, and and, and, they and are. how much and they are right. So it, it's 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 interesting. I did feel like there was a little more <laughs> slideware last year, and there was a lot more kind of people just talking as opposed to kind of supporting documents than last year's presentation. I I prefer the slideware on this stuff, but. You know, we'll go back and listen to transcripts and that sort of thing. But I, I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I didn't, like I said, I, I didn't hear anything terribly new as far as kind of their plans. Yeah, it was it's steady as she goes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are going to be a, a, a pure play mobility and broadband, you know, communications company after they they separate from you know Warner Media and Directv. So that'll be interesting. And, and, you know, Don Stanky definitely talked about kind of Act 1 and Act 2 as we're coming to the conclusion of Act 1, where they're they're kind of transitioning into that newer, streamlined, more simplified company with clear value propositions. It'll be interesting to see how they capitalize that on that in Act yeah. 2. No, I think 
I think AT&T is well positioned. The strategy is sound. I just thought it was a there was a better opportunity to to tell uh, and reinforce that whole story again. And I thought Verizon did a much better job at that. And they surprised everybody with the 175 million pop coverage by the end of this year, one year quicker. They didn't talk about how they did it. You know, we know that they have been negotiating with the satellite guys for earlier release, and they they have issued permits, or they got issued permits, uh, to actually build out outside that 46 PEA footprint. So that's a big part of that story. They also put a couple of states on the ground, right? Yeah, I mean, if you were to compare and contrast the... Verizon build out with the AT&T or the to soon to be AT&T build out in terms of midband, you know, I would say that, you know, Verizon is very focused on execution and, you know, they paid a lot more than AT&T did in the, the C-band auction to get that A-block spectrum, which they get, you know, two, two years faster. And then they, you know, stepped on the gas as hard as they could. Whereas I would say that AT&T has been much more focused on efficiency. Because Verizon lives and dies on, on network superiority. And this is their, their, their opportunity to reclaim network opportunity, leadership, right? And T-Mobile made a lot of inroads there saying, you know, we're the leader in 5G, rah, 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 and with all that comes at it. And this gives, gives Verizon the opportunity to close that gap. And it's the one, one trick that they know extremely well. It's like network superiority premium services, right? And they can't do anything else for good and bad. Yeah, I mean, they may not need to, right? I mean, I think that, you know, they also issued guidance that was, you know, more of the same from, you know, what they had kind of said last year, but pulling in their deployment timelines, pulling in their their revenue growth estimates as well, right? So- Well, they improved it. They, they increased it, whereas- AT&T was more more on the same what they did beforehand. So also when you look at what Verizon did is they gave like the TAM for private networking, Mac and enterprise services at 30 billion by 2025. Implicitly, they basically said we will have more than $10 billion of that incremental revenue by 2025, because they have roughly a third of the market. They're the market leader. They have more than a third of the market. Anything less than your fair share would be failure. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how you define the market, right? So the question around, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, it's right. I mean, it always does, right? But like, you know, is, is mobile edge compute closer to mobile or is it closer to compute, right? And I think that's really the big question. And all these guys are partnering with hyperscalers and such. And, and tellingly, none of them are disclosing any of the rev shares on these as well, right? Exactly. So the, the extent to which it, you know, the the hyperscalers take a bigger piece or a smaller piece of the pie is is up for debate. So you know, I, I personally kind of think the mobile edge stuff is is still very early, and you know, Verizon said something similar about mobile edge compute last year and come this year mobile edge compute still isn't a meaningful part of the business right and it won't be for two or three four 
four years. Yeah, well, but so it's enterprise services because private 5G is not going to be a $10 billion market in three years. Right. So it must be enterprise services. So still, and yeah, we know with Mac, for Verizon, it's a lot more mobile than compute because the compute part is what AWS, Google, Microsoft, and all of the all of their other partners will do. Right, right. Uh, still nascent is my point. Still nascent, yes. But they said it's in 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 three years or in four years, it's going to be thirty billion dollars. That baby better grow up quick. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm a hundred percent with you on. Just because they have, you know, thirty percent share of, of mobility, that they're going to have mid thirty percent share of mobile edge compute, right? I think that's still TBD, right? Yeah, but uh, good luck explaining that story. That oh, it's a thirty billion dollar market, and we got five. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. career ender. Sorry. Yep. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll be talking about it next year as well. Yeah, absolutely. So having heard what Verizon had to say, having heard what AT&T had to say, what what are your thoughts on, you know, where does T-Mobile sit relative to those two and and what should we expect going into the the T-Mobile investor day? Well, I would expect them to talk about 5G. For every time they say 5G, if I take it if I take a shot, I will be lying on the floor at the end. They will talk about you know, FWA, they will talk about business and hopefully they will finally give numbers because until they tell num- talk numbers, it doesn't exist. Well, so they did They did uh, have a Morgan Stanley conference re- recently, right? And then the one number that they did provide around their enterprise business is that they were seeing win rates that would get them to the 20% share of market they're looking for by 2025. So that's not a lot of detail there. Yeah, which and right now they have less than ten percent, so that grows from a very small base, right? So it's like if they open a, a lemonade stand and say, like here, our business enterprise, and we're a lot cheaper than everybody else, they would sell it. The price differential is still helps T-Mobile a lot. Right? Well, I mean, I think the other thing to think about here is that their head of business did just get the CMO job. Right, so it can't be can't be all bad in terms of the performance. Yeah, right? no, it's and Mike Katz is a great guy, and yeah, he probably grew that business by, you know, thirty percent. So he took it from six to eight, or he grew it by twenty five percent. So he took it from eight to ten. Not diminishing that at all. It, it is substantial growth, but for T Mobile, there's no way but up from an enterprise perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that we're going to probably hear from them, and they they highlighted a little bit of this in the Morgan Stanley conference, was they now believe that they're over the hump in terms of sprint churn, which I thought was interesting given that the network decommission or the bulk of the network decommission hasn't occurred yet. Right. So, yeah. So it's like a little bit, I think it's a little bit premature to declare victory over churn there. Right. But, you know, I think we, we see in our survey data that less people are looking from, from Sprint. But one month is not the whole summer. So I'm still less optimistic. Or I wouldn't declare victory yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I think the other thing that I'm really going to be looking at, and I, we touched on a little bit earlier, is fixed wireless growth, right? So there's there's kind of two stories here. There's the the AT and T story, which is you know you need fiber, and, and fiber is where all your decisions should kind of begin and end relative to deploying a network. And the Verizon and, and T-Mobile story around being able to efficiently expand and you know kind of grow ancillary markets, right? So you would you say, okay, well, I'm going to now start to becoming a meaningful broadband provider, and I'm going to get wireless subs on the back of that as folks are so happy with the experience. I think it'll be really interesting to see. You know, there's obviously questions about capacity over the long term in terms of fixed wireless. But it is, you know, a lot easier and, and cheaper to install than, say, you know, a fiber connection, right? So, is this a tortoise in the hare type of story in terms of, you know, fiber growth relative to fixed wireless? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fascinating time to be in wireless <laughs> and telecom overall because right. wireless, fixed, it all comes together and all comes crashing together with with pretty loud screeches. Well, and I don't think we've fully seen the competitive response from the MSOs as well, right, in terms of... Oh, absolutely. I'm waiting for the high fiber splits and for 4.0, yep. Boxes 4.0. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's all we have time for uh, this week. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, next week should be a great episode. We have David Christopher coming from uh, AT&T, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. Excellent. We'll look forward to it. Thank you. Stay tuned, folks. All right. Thanks. Thanks.